Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Friday, October 23rd, and this is a show that we do live every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm normally joined by my co-host, Carrie Smith, and I will be today in just a few minutes. She's just running a little bit late and told me to start without her, so fear not, she will be here. Uh, if you like what we do, or if you want to see us do more and better content, please go ahead and support us financially. You can go to unsafespace.com donate. And uh, you can also go to Subscribestar. I think we have a goal on Subscribestar for monthly donations. We're about halfway there. Uh, you can also, if you want to support the show just by liking, sharing, and subscribing, you can do that. Um, make sure you're subscribed because sometimes YouTube, you know, decides that you didn't mean to and unsubscribes you. So you might want to check that out. Also, uh, I guess the final... Housekeeping announcement is November 22nd, as a reminder, is the next book club meeting. The book we're reading, I think I have it here. Yep, I haven't started it yet. The Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. That is on November 22nd at noon Pacific. And if you want to join that, you can send an email to speak at Unsafe Space. And you can join the discussion. We do a Zoom discussion. So if you want to actually be on camera, you can do that, or you can just be in chat because it's live streamed. The book after Management of Savagery will be The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein, and that will be on December 20th. So if you want to get started on that book, go ahead. Now's your chance. So uh, again, welcome everyone. I guess since Carrie's not here yet, what I will do is I will start with a question that I'm always asked every show, which is, what does the thing behind me mean? I change the, the little sign behind me over my shoulder every week or every every coffee break. And I'm always asked, so I might as well answer. Uh, I A few news items this week really got me to think about this. Also, I was reading some articles by uh, a guy named Gary Saul Morrison, who we are interviewing later today. It's not live, but it'll come out probably next week, who's an a historian and has written a lot about the Russian Revolution. And he was talking about there's a character in one of Vasily Grossman's novels. I think it's Life and Fate, but I don't know which one. And uh, this character said, the character at one point says, the concept of innocence is a holdover from the Middle Ages. And I'm looking out at some of the news items that are happening uh, this week in the U.S. at least, and I'm seeing quite a lot of indications that we are nearing the end of innocence as something that is presumed by anyone. And there are varying degrees of consequences as a result of that. Kind of the most light one is you might be banned from Facebook by mistake. So just as an example, so Brett Weinstein earlier this week was was banned from Facebook. Now he's actually back, but I'll pull up his tweet about this. Earlier this week, he says, hey, I've been evicted from Facebook. No explanation, no appeal. I have downloaded my information and seen nothing that explains it. We are governed now in private by entities that make their own rules and are answerable to no process. Disaster is inevitable. We are living it. And it says here, you probably this is hard for you to read, so I'll read it. This is the Facebook message to him. It says, your account has been disabled. You can't use Facebook because your account or activity on it, which is an odd thing, didn't follow our community standards. 
we have already received reviewed this decision. We've already reviewed this decision, and it can't be reversed. To learn more about the reasons we disable accounts, visit Community Standards. So, hey, we're just going to presume you are guilty because some something happened. We're not going to talk to you about it. You have no right to defend yourself. You have no right to stand up for yourself. And there you go. Done. Banned. Now, I think this was a blessing in disguise for Brett. Unfortunately, they undid the ban. He tweeted about this, and Facebook noticed his tweet, and Liz Bourgeois, funny name, Liz Bourgeois says, your account was mistakenly flagged by our system for identifying imposter accounts. We've restored it and are very sorry for the mistake. And Brett rightly says, I have 400,000 Twitter followers. My tweet about it clearly got your attention. What protects regular people from such mistakes, Liz? Well, that's the question to ask. And the answer, the uncomfortable answer to that question is nothing. Nothing protects regular people from, from this. There is no appeals process if they don't want there to be one. And so you are guilty if they decide you're guilty. There's no presumption of innocence. And... You lose your Facebook account. Now, again, personally, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I would not be on Facebook at all if it weren't for unsafe space because we have a page, but I don't use it at all. And it's, I don't have it on my phone or anything. I think it's horrible. But a lot of people rely on it and use it. Okay, so we can escalate a little bit more. What are some other things that, uh, that might... Presume that you're guilty. What are some other examples of, of presumption of guilt? Well, I got a really interesting letter from the CEO of Expensify, as did, I think, every Expensify customer. Now, <clears throat> we use Expensify. After receiving this letter, I immediately told the team internally we would cease using Expensify. We're going to try and get out. We have a year-long contract that we're not done with, so we're going to try and get out of it. But I don't want to use donated money from you guys to support this company. So we may be stuck on it for a bit just because we have a contractual obligation, but we're going to we're going to stop using it. And I knew going in that Expensify was probably a little woke, but I figured they were normal Silicon Valley woke, not extra woke. So let's look at this email that went out. Oh, Carrie's calling. Hold on for a moment. It's Gary. Hey, Gary. Hi. How you doing? Good. Okay. You're okay. How's it going? <laughs> it's okay. Wait, I for some reason our split screen died. Hold on for a second. There we go. Okay. Split screen's working. Yeah. I, Carrie, I was in. I was about to go over an Expensify email that I got, which doesn't sound exciting, but it is. Okay, um, let's do it. And. Uh, and I already started, just to catch you up a little bit, I started by talking about the sign behind me, which is innocence, and talking about how I think the age of presumption of innocence is over and becoming over. And yes. I mentioned the Brett Weinstein Facebook ban. He's back. Uh, but I also want to mention this, this email. I was about to read this email from, I won't read the whole thing because it's long. Okay. But Dave Barrett is the CEO of Expensify. And... This email went out to all customers. It says, this is, this is the email I got. 
I know you don't want to hear this from me. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a good way to start. <laughs> By the way, the subject is protect democracy, vote Biden. So, Wouldn't it okay. be great if it just said, I know you don't want to hear this from me, so, so I'm not going to send it. <laughs> Have a good weekend, Dave Barrett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't. That was maybe a different draft. <laughs> but... Uh, that draft didn't, didn't make it out of his inbox, so or his, his <laughs> draft box. Okay, I know you don't want to hear this from me, and I guarantee I don't want to say it. Well, then, look, we can stop now, David, because, <laughs> I mean, you are, we you are, can this really is, stop. We, we can, yeah, this is not the relationship I want with, uh, with a company that I am a customer of, but we are facing, by the way, that is, that is a lie, Hey. He totally one to little thing. It, yeah, I one little thing I've tried to do since leaving the social justice call is try and make sure, like Jordan Peterson says, try and make sure you speak the truth, and try and make sure at least you don't say lies. And so I I've gotten to where I won't even say like if you're ta- arguing with someone, you say sorry to tell you, but and and I'm like wait a minute, that's a lie. I'm not sorry to tell them. So then I'll <laughs> right. say I'm not sorry to tell you. That blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like he's lying. He says, I don't, I guarantee I don't want to say it. That's bullshit, Dave Barrett. You do want to say it. Just own it. Say, I want to say this. I don't care if you don't want to hear it. Yep. Anyway, yep. go ahead. Sorry. I'll put no, that that's okay. There. And actually I noticed in chat, someone said, what is Expensify? I'm sorry. I should have explained for people who don't know what Expensify is. It's a cool little app. It's actually a cool program. It's a cool little app that um, if you run a company, employees can just take pictures of receipts that they need to have the company reimburse. And it's a really handy way. They take a picture of the receipt, it all gets aggregated and it goes through a system and you can just approve it and it, it's linked to your company bank account and you can get reimbursed quickly and easily. Um, and it's and it's one of the standard startup toolkits. It's one of the tools in the standard tar- startup toolkit in, in Silicon Valley generally. So anyway, so he says, but, so he doesn't want to say it. He's, we don't want to hear it. He claims he doesn't want to say it. But we are facing an unprecedented attack on the foundations of democracy itself. If you are a U.S. citizen, anything less than a vote for Biden is a vote against democracy. Now, that's, again, for me, that's an odd endorsement of Trump. But for most people, that's a very scary sentence. Okay. So he says, that's right. I'm saying a vote for Trump, a vote for a third party candidate, or simply not voting at all. So there's no innocence here. You are never innocent. They're all the same, and they all mean I care more about my favorite issue than democracy. I believe Trump winning is more important than democracy. I am comfortable standing aside. What if my – okay, has just let me interrupt. That's Dave fine. has not considered that my favorite issue might be actually democracy. <laughs> and, that's why, and that's why I might be voting for Trump. He hasn't even considered that option. That people are voting for Trump because they believe they all they too feel our democracy. They also feel our democracy is under attack, and so they're voting for Trump. He's not even considered that. Okay, I'll qu- yep. again. I'll quit interrupting. No, nope. uh, no, that's fine. He says, you know, he's telling you what you believe. You're, I am comfortable standing aside and allowing democracy to be methodically dismantled in plain sight. Again, this is catastrophizing. Blah blah blah. Okay. Then he goes on to say, if the polls are accurate, there's roughly a 50% chance that you agree Trump needs to go. You know what to do. Show up on November 3rd and vote for Biden, or even better, don't wait until then. Vote today. Go to vote.org if you need help figuring out how. The rest of this email is intended to address the concerns of those who disagree. I'll try to take the most likely questions in turn. Yeah, sure you will. I doubt 
the first question anyone asks, which is the first question on your list, list is, why do you care so much about democracy? Yes, <laughs> that's the question they ask you, douchebag. They ask you, why are you such a caring person about democracy? Wow, I don't understand, David. No one asks you that question. No one has ever asked you that question. I would be the why only you, person I know to ask you that David, question. David, why do you care so much about democracy? Said no one ever. ever? Right. <laughs> he he goes on this like this rambling democracy is core to our business and equates democracy with people making voluntary choices about using their software. Okay. What gives you the right to tell me what to do? The First Amendment. But you don't have to listen. Okay, that's good. Uh, but you're a company. Shouldn't you remain neutral? We demand on a functioning... We demand... Expensified demand depends, sorry, on a functioning society and economy. Not many expense reports get filed during a civil war. <laughs> yes, yes. If you'd vote for Trump, you're voting for civil war. Uh, <laughs> I'm confident our democracy can survive Biden... But he can't say the same about Trump. He's not confident. That's because people like you will burn everything down if Trump gets elected. It's not Trump's supporters that are the problem. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's actually a threat. Right. You yeah. Know? Like I'm not, I, I might just burn them, everyone. I've actually seen them pushing memes that 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 basically say the violence will end if you vote for Biden. And I'm like, this sounds like the kind of note you would get from – uh, someone taking hostages at it's a bank. Extortion. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, extortion. it's extortion. Yeah, this is what the mafia says. The violence will end when you pay your 10%. All right. Well, I... <laughs> you can put an end to all the violence if you vote the way I'm telling you to. Yes. Thank you, Don David Barrett. Okay. Um, but your company shouldn't remain. Oh, we did that one. Uh, don't you think you're exaggerating a bit? <laughs> well, that one he probably does get asked. I. I think this is an honest question that he gets asked. I truly wish I was. No, no, you don't. You don't. I wouldn't be sending this email if this election were just about normal issues, taxes, legislative priorities, health care, etc. But it isn't. This election is a referendum on what limits, if any, we place on our elected leaders to govern us in a fair and representative way. This election will decide if widespread voter suppression is an acceptable governing tactic. By the way, these are from the same this is these are the same people. I I am so tired of like both them speaking out of both sides of their mouth. On the one hand, Trump is a tyrant. He's an authoritarian. On the other hand, why would you be more of an authoritarian and a tyrant when it comes to COVID? Like, <laughs> you can't have it both ways. We demand that you act like an authoritarian because that's what we believe you are. And also that's what we are. But that, we don't yeah. say that part. <laughs> okay, so now they're talking about voter suppression. Doesn't everyone suppress votes? Well, he says not like Trump. That The word he left out was like, yeah. But not like Trump. I mean, that's kind of what he means. Uh, this is the most heavily litigated election history with other 300 lawsuits. So he he argues that um, they're basically – Trump is is trying to suppress voters by um, pushing it back against some of these like vote by mail and all this kind of stuff that is potentially open to fraud. So the next question is, isn't Trump just trying to prevent voter fraud? He says, well, voter fraud is non-existent. Uh, and he cites a conservative organization, Heritage Foundation, that counts known cases of voter fraud. So I don't, I don't know these numbers. I don't want to argue with these numbers. That all may be true, but if you're proposing new, more loose restrictions on voting that are new, then it's totally reasonable to be worried about fraud 
associated with loosening voting restrictions. Um, also, uh, I'm not totally convinced that no one, as anyone has really cared about voter fraud in the past. So the fact that there's, it's not like known, they, they, people haven't been convicted of it is not super surprising to me. But regardless, he is trying to prevent voter fraud. This, and, and, and this is a debatable subject. I mean, maybe these numbers aren't debatable. I don't know these numbers. Maybe these numbers aren't debatable, and there's not much voter fraud that's happened in the past. That may be true, or there's not much that's counted by this particular study. But I don't know what the study was looking at. Isn't Biden just using more widespread voting to get elected? Uh, yeah, that's the heart of the issue. He believes that, Biden believes that enabling more people to vote will help him. Biden wins by promoting democracy. Trump wins by suppressing it. A vote for Biden is a vote for democracy. So what if Trump gets elected by voter suppression? It's all fair, blah, blah, blah. Why send this email when polls say Biden is going to win? Blah, blah. I'm not going to, we don't need to read the rest. My point about this is just get, get back to the other thing I was saying. We now have, so in the case of Facebook, you're, this is kind of a minor guilty until proven innocent thing. In this case, you're now having someone say, well, you are, by not voting or voting for a third party candidate or obviously voting for Trump, you are guilty of supporting Trump. You're guilty. Unless you behave the way that we want, you are guilty. Yeah. Now, now let's escalate this a little bit. Did you see the Karen Act in San Francisco? They named it the Karen I, Act. I heard about it. But I did not look at to see all the details about it. So this is, well, uh, this is like, okay, let me tell you. Last night, I didn't get to watch the debates because I, well, I was at a show and it was fun. And then that was a better when I got time, home, by the way. Yeah. And then when I got home, I was tempted to sit down and watch it. It was on like the repeat. And I was tempted to sit down and watch it. And I was like, no, I just, no, I'm going to bed. I don't have the energy because I know this is going to make me upset. <laughs> and I kind of feel that way now, Carter, but let's go ahead. Tell, look, we're, we're among friends at Unsafe Space. Tell me about the Karen Act. <laughs> well, they spelled it C-A-R-E-N so that you can't get immediately offended, oh. I guess. But here Got we it. go. Do you remember, well, do you actually first, Carrie, do you remember, this, this spawns from that person in San Francisco. Do you remember that woman? She was kind of annoying and like not a good... She's kind of like an annoying actual Karen. Wait, who wait, was, was this videotaping? The woman the yeah, she called the police. Lady? Yeah, okay. he, this guy was graffitiing. She thought he was graffitiing, and she was like, asked him if oh, he lived there. Oh, a different lady. Yeah, but he wouldn't oh, answer. Okay. Do you remember her? She was like, "Do you I live do. here?" And he wouldn't answer her at all. And so yeah, she yeah, called yeah. the cops, and it turned out he like lived in the place or whatever, right? Um. Okay, so this is based on that, and here's the new law. A new, new act in San Francisco. San Francisco's new Karen Act makes false racially charged complaints illegal. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors unanimously passed the Karen Act Tuesday, a law, a new law that makes it illegal for someone to call 911 with a false racially charged complaint. Let, let me let me cut to the chase here because you probably already know this. Who well, decides? Yeah. That it's racially charged. Who decides? Well, that's the problem with this law. And so how this will get, this is what will happen. You know this is what will happen. Uh, you will call for some reason, 
and it will be unrelated to race or any kind of racially charged complaint. You will think it's legitimate. And for some reason, you'll be wrong because a reasonable person is wrong sometimes about events that are happening. Um, or, the, or they'll decide not to prosecute. And they will cite this law and say, well, you only called because this person is black or this person – this, I think in this case it was Filipino. You only called because this person is protected class X. And now not only – not only are you just kind of vilified, but it's illegal. You will now get in trouble with the law for calling 911. This is such crap. We all know what's going to happen with this, which is that people are going to be afraid to legitimately call and make complaints. Of course. Now, there would be some people who who are making ridiculous complaints that will be deterred as well, hopefully. But but for the most part, the negative they never think of the consequences or maybe they do. and They don't care. But if somebody like, like, for example, Let's say that that woman, the the woman I thought you were talking about at first, I think she was one of the original Karens. And she was a white woman who called uh, because people were barbecuing in a place where they were not allowed to barbecue. And she was righteously offended. Now, they happened to be black, but she didn't make it about it wasn't about the rate. You anybody watching this knows that kind of woman. She would have called the police if they weren't black. Like that's just an annoying person who's, these are the rules, you know, I'm calling. That's what Karen is. That's why we have the word Karen. Yeah. Yeah. I enforce (laughs) the rules. You better put your mask on. You better not barbecue here. Your dog isn't allowed here. Like we all know those people. They just want to control others. That's who that woman was. They're like the first recruits for the Stasi. Yeah. They're the first recruits. (laughs) What's going to happen is that there are going to be people some who I think don't have a legitimate complaint, even though she was right that they weren't allowed to barbecue there. I think she's annoying, and I would I would have I would have laughed at her, and I would if I were the people barbecuing, I would have kept on barbecuing too and been like, "Go ahead, call." Um, all that being said, there will be cases where people like her are or people who people who are calling to make a complaint. It's not racially based, but because of the race the person happens to be. They're going to decide now. We're going to prosecute you. Right. Right. So this this it's going to have a chilling effect on reporting any kind of crime in San Francisco because every time you see kind of some suspicious activity, you see a guy you think is breaking into a car. That's a common one in San Francisco. San Francisco cars are like if you park on the street, just be assume that it will get broken into. San Francisco's a shithole. So. Always cars are always getting broken into. You see some guy trying to get into a car. You call the cops, and the guy, the cops come, and the guy says, "Oh no, I locked my keys in the car. This is my car." Oh, now you can be prosecuted because he happens to. Be <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going to. That's what's going to happen. Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah. So people just aren't going to report, uh, or hopefully Again, they'll leave the city. But I, I, I want to point. I've said this quite a bit, but for anyone new to the channel. Social justice ideology is racist and sexist, and it it teaches you that you need to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. And it doesn't just say this in the in the ideology itself. This isn't just something they say to do. They try and codify it in law like this. So what is the effect of this law? The effect of this law is that they are getting you to alter your behavior based on another person's race. That's right. That's right. So which is what they want. That's what they want. Yeah. I mean, in San Francisco, they want this. 
Uh, in fact, I think San Francisco would be happy. They're they're in the middle of self-immolation very slowly. So they would be happy like, crime, please just, we want more crime. We want to die slowly. Like that's what they want. They want, yeah. they want criminals. They want to ruin their own city. It's some sort of, you know, masochistic drive in San Francisco. So that'll, that's what'll happen. Uh, so Part of what I, I wonder is, so I have a friend in Los Angeles who's starting to believe that whether it's by design or not, it's it's almost as if this is a virus. And by making California increasingly unlivable, they are, they are knowingly pushing people out to places like Texas and turning Texas blue because a lot of those, some of those people who are leaving are leaving because they do not share the prevailing beliefs of California. But a lot of people will leave an area that's become unlivable to them. And because of cognitive dissonance, they won't put two and two together over why is this place unlivable? They will simply move to a place where there aren't, homeless encampments on every yeah. street corner yet where there aren't people shooting drugs on every street corner where there aren't uh where there isn't as much crime and where the taxes are better they will move there and then they will try and they will bring their beliefs with them the beliefs and the votes with them that, that cause the situation that they're fleeing from yeah. so i kind of wonder if it's almost they're sort of like let's just let california go down the crapper and let's spread oh, the blue no i don't think they're that smart or no i don't i think they because I think the cognitive dissonance goes all the way to the top. So I yeah. think they're just like, no, the best thing to do is continue to be Marxist. If we were more Marxist, it would be utopia. Utopia is just around yeah. the corner. As soon as it's almost there. Yeah, I know we, we have more enough. poop on the streets now than we used to, but that's just <laughs> we don't have enough Marxism. Right? Yeah, they're just retarded. So they yeah. will get there. Eventually, they will get to completely destroying their own society. And that's why, actually, it will be nice to have California secede now so so that Californians can't leave very easily. You have to cross an international border to get out. That would be fine. Um, but Guys, yeah, I'm, 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 I know it's a joke and it would never happen, but come what? on. I'm for a wall around California. <laughs> oh, I'm not joking. Okay. You're not joking? <laughs> no. No, California. Look, California, if Trump wins again, I guarantee some celebrities and, you know, uh, politicians in California will propose seceding. I mean, I don't know how far it'll get, but like they, they totally, they, they totally they hate already, the United States. They already started talking about it after Trump won the first time. Right. Yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. And, and you know, I, at that point I, I, I get to the point where I'm like, well, should I support them? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should vote yes on that. Like, okay, maybe great. Cause I'm yes. still here, but I will definitely leave. If, I mean, if they do that, I think I'll, my my personal situation that's keeping me here. If California goes that far, I will be able to get out of California. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, who knows? But so okay, so we've got Facebook uh, presuming you're guilty. We've got this, which is like you're going to be presumed guilty. As someone in chat pointed out, there already are laws, by the way, for intentionally filing false police reports. So this is by like the way, addition. Yeah. Can I ask a question since you already talked about Brett Weinstein? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I assume you said his account has been restored. Yeah. So here's what I think that was. Remember, does everybody remember when they when Google blocked Jordan Peterson from 
every Google platform. Like his email, his Gmail didn't work anymore. His oh, YouTube yeah, didn't that. work anymore. They basically booted him out of Google. Right. And he talked about it on Twitter, raised a big stink, and then they reinstated it and said it was a glitch. Right. I kind of we we've noticed they do these sort of stress tests once in a while. I guarantee you this is a stress test. They want to test the power of Brett Weinstein. How big is his podium? They waited how many too people, long. How many people will cause a stink if we block him? Let's see. And then fully knowing they're going to reinstate him, but they're looking to see the size. They're calculating the size of the pushback. That's what I think. It's weird because he's not someone I would go after. He's not particularly controversial for them. Like, but yeah, but they are looking ahead and they did – permaban his unity 2020 campaign which i think yeah. they saw as a huge threat and they're they're looking at him as so here's something that's interesting he and james Lindsay are friends and james Lindsay has now publicly said i'm gonna vote for trump and oh, really? he also see that yes and he also said you know i don't know if it was about the same thing but i assume it was because it was in the same series of tweets he said you know i once asked my my dear friend, Jay, uh, Brett Weinstein for some advice. And he said, if you cross that bridge, there's no way back. There's no way back home. And he said, what, well, I've the decided for Trump bridge. No, I, I don't know. He oh, didn't oh. say, he just said, he just said, I asked him for advice once. And he said, if you cross that bridge, there's no way home. And then he said something to the effect of, I've decided I don't much want to go home. And he said, I took his advice for a while, but this time I'm choosing something different. And I think he probably, we could put two and two together. He may be talking about the Trump vote because I certainly felt that way. You know, Carter, you and I, I talked yeah. about it privately. I said, once I decide that I'm voting for Trump, I feel like that's a different bridge I'm crossing now. And, and you're right. There is no way back from that. They're going to, they're going to call you all these names. They're going to forever put, call you a trumpet and put you in this deplorable camp and whatever. But Ultimately, it doesn't matter. They put me there anyway because I'm critical of social justice. And by extension, that means I'm critical of the Democratic Party, which eat, which is eaten up with it. So even if I did not vote for Trump, if I, did, if I didn't come to the same conclusion as James Lindsay, if, if I didn't decide that in, in my case, I believe Trump is the most liberal candidate. Do I believe that politics can fix a cultural problem? No. But I also think it can't hurt to vote for the person, hopefully – it can't hurt to vote for the person who I think is the most liberal option. And, and if I had, if I had let fear stop me from doing that or for, for saying publicly, that's what I'm doing for admitting it, it doesn't matter because they, they would call me those names anyway. <laughs> like they're already, ever since I started speaking critically of social justice ideology, you, they already call me alt-right. They call me Nazi, racist. Oh, they assumed uh, that you like were voting for Trump well before you decided to vote for Trump. Yeah, they they call me a liar. Yeah. They don't even believe my whole history. It's like, and and they're doing the same to James Lindsay now. They're basically calling him a liar, and he's always been a right winger, and it's so. And he's a right winger now, and he's always been a right winger. Neither things are true. He's not a right winger, and he's hasn't always been one. And same for me. But but I I realize that the punishment is the same, either way. And so why not take that fear out of the equation and just do what I think is the best? Well, and the thing so, that I'm trying to, to get people to understand here is even if you don't cross that line, you will get punished. They will – you will yeah. be presumed guilty and, and you will get punished. So did you see um, – Well, real, just a real ahead. example of that. Look at Jim, James Lindsay and look at Helen Pluckrose. Helen Pluckrose 
well, first of all, she can't vote in the U.S. election, but she disagrees with him. She would not vote for Trump if she were here. They treat Helen Pluckrose the same as they treat James Lindsay. It, that right. distinction does not matter to them. They're going to call her all the same names they call him. Well, so. and and if you're just being quiet and keeping your head down, you will also be lined up and shot by these people eventually if they get their way. Yeah. You're you're not – this is not – I mean look at some of the crazy stuff we've seen. What was we, – we talked about Robert Reich the other day. There was Tommy Lee had some rant, like rant about this as well about, you know, when we win, we're going to – do all this stuff to to Trump voters. Um, th- there is a there's definitely there's a there's a lot of pent up aggression that they want to let out at anyone who is the enemy. And and my my point here is that they're not making be careful. They're not making Trump voters the enemy. Look at this email from the Expensify CEO. They're making non-Biden voters the enemy, not Trump voters. Anyone who's not on yeah. our part, like yes. doing our thing, all non-Antifa members are fascists. Yeah. That's yeah. the idea, right? Anyone who's not social justice may as well be a Trump voter because they're going to call you alt-right, Nazi, white supremacist, scum, sexist, racist, Russian bot, liar, you know. Yep. <laughs> And none yep. of that's true, so who cares? Like, well, who cares? So I know you saw. I'm sure you saw this. I know. I think I know. I think I know you saw this actually. Um, this is related. So, so Trump supporters received some Trump supporters received the past few days um, menacing letters. Here's a story about it: menacing letters threatening to burn down their homes. I know people have seen this. Story. Wow, I didn't um, see it. Oh, okay. And the letters look like this: Dear neighbor. Uh, oh, I did. I did see this. Yeah. You've been okay. identified by our group as being a Trump supporter. Your address has been added to our database as a target for when we attack should Trump not concede the election. We recommend that you check your home insurance policy and make that it is current. I think they mean make sure that it is current and that it has adequate coverage for fire damage. Now, there's no evidence that this is real. Like this could have been this could be a false flag operation. We don't know the origin, the actual origins of this. However, we do know that this site has been around for a while, which Carrie shared with me the other day, Donald Trump watch site. Uh, yeah. And thank you. One of my friends sent this to me. I don't know if I should name you. I probably, I won't name you. Um, this site's been around and I had forgotten about it actually. When she said, have you seen this? I said, no. And then I remembered this from a while back. So it's let's been around. This. Let's do we'll First do of all, read what it says on the website. Basically, it says if you vote for uh, Americans that donated to a vulgar lying draft dodger and tax cheat. Twenty two uh, two hundred. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Twenty two hundred and twenty thousand dead. Yep. Now, they it looks like they've changed it because when I looked at this two days ago, it said people who voted for a racist. It's like, here's a here's a catalog of people who voted for a racist. Yeah, they did say racist okay. the other day. Maybe they change it once in a while. I've played around with a yeah. few different zip codes of, of people I know just to, to look around. But let's let's do – we'll do Beverly Hills because it's a famous zip code, 90210, right? And it, it shows the people that voted, right? Now, you um, can click on these and you can put your address in here. I did. 
And then it'll give you a list of people who've donated either directly to Trump or to something like near me. There's people who donated to Latinos for Trump and yep. it shows all the issues, their name. It shows their address. It's like, here's your list of Nazis. Yep. Go get out there and harass them. Yep. I'm not, I don't want to click on names, actually, so I'm yeah. going to click away from this site. I'm afraid of this site because I don't want to click on names. But here's what I was thinking. Um, here's what I was thinking about this. I was I was thinking, well, it's it's weird because there's not like – the other side definitely doesn't do a who, voted, who donated to Biden side, right? And I yeah. realized that uh, actually they might start doing a – who voted, who donated to Biden side, a site. And anyone who's not on that list is automatically a target. That's the yeah. direction that we're going. We're going to the That's direction where do. if you're not on the who voted for Biden site, which doesn't exist yet, but I'm sure they will, uh, it will exist, that you will be vilified for not voting for Biden. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, I think that I'm pretty sure that's where we're going. By the way, there was also- I have to tell you- yeah, go ahead. I have to tell you guys what Carter said when I sent this to him the other night. He said, oh, "What did I say?" Well, on the well, something like on the upside, now I've got a whole list of neighbors near me that I should probably get to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So the other email that was the other thing that was going around related to this election crap was uh, Proud Boy emails to Democrats. Did you see those? No, I did not see this. And just to be clear, yeah, people in the in the chat are asking for clarification or clarifying. Yeah, this is a list of people who have donated. Yeah, they have donated. a map, and they show you it for any address. They show you all the people who live near that address. You can put in your own. You can put in something else. They show you all the people who've donated to Trump or to any Trump uh, organization, like Latinos for Trump is one that came up near me. Right. And, and, so, and this data is public. So all they're doing is correlating public data. When you, uh, when you donate to a political candidate, the Federal Election Commission keeps a record of that um, for, for transparency. And so they are just – someone just scraped that data. I don't know if there's an API or if they scrape it and enter it manually, but whatever. Someone scraped all that data, which is publicly available, and put it in a map format so that it was easy to find people near you. And, you know, I, you can ask and what's the purpose of that? why they would do that. I think yeah. only to intimidate and harass, right? To intimidate and harass. There's, and they say on the website, here's a list of racists. Here's a list of people who voted for mm -hmm. racists. Well, how do you treat people who you believe are racist or voted for racists? Like they, the, the intent is to go out and intimidate people in your neighborhood, to shame them, to maybe even go so far as to attack them. Um, it's, it's to create a list of people that they are dehumanizing and saying, these people are cool for targets. As you mentioned, because my friend said, is there something similar? Is there like, these people donated to Biden map, right? No, because I have not seen people on the right, and I'm sure they exist, but I have yet to encounter one. I haven't encountered anyone on the right who dehumanizes people on the left in this way. And no, they and they don't, and they don't go to. after you violently for vote. Like, there's no, there's not stories of like, that guy's got a Biden hat. Get him. That that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. And 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 the thing is, they have good reason to because the biggest 
the biggest ideology in this country, the most popular mainstream ideology that's pushing racism and sexism is coming from the left currently at this moment in history. It is on my quote unquote side. It's the left, it's the social justice, critical race theory, racism. And it, and it, I think is a threat, you know, I think it's a threat to all of our founding principles, to everything that, everything that ties people together and ties a civilization together the, our concepts of individualism, our concepts of equality under the law, it's a direct threat to all of those things. And yet, and yet, there's no site saying, here's all the people who donated to social, here's a map of all the people near you who donate to this evil, racist, Marxist belief system. And nobody's doing that because they, they're they different. I don't know. I just think it's, yeah. I think it's different. I think that I think people who are animated by that ideology are so brainwashed and so blind and they project so much. And, uh, you know, that we played that video of that woman screaming like at Republicans and saying, you're you're the people history warned us about. It's like, no, you guys are. You guys are. And you demonstrate that with these kind of like, look at this list. You are targeting people for intimidation, bullying and violence. Who are you? Yeah. You're the people we were warned about. Yeah, and generally I mean generally in history it is the it is the wealthy elites. I think there's a there's a quote that um man, what's this it's a great quote. Hold on for a second. I wish I could find it. No man, we're we're interview we're interviewing this guy later today. Um revolutions never succeed without the support of wealthy liberal educated society. That that's what we're seeing. It's the wealthy, liberal, educated society that is behind this. And they may not be the ones burning stuff down. They may not be the ones in the street, but they provide intellectual and moral cover and financial support for all of this. That's what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, there was a similar this week. There was a there was a Proud Boys email, an alleged Proud Boys email that went out to Democrats um, that was similarly threatening. I. To me, it's kind of funny because it's so obviously stupid. So first of all, it says, vote for Trump or else. So the other one, the other stuff we know is possible. We know it's possible to find people who've donated to Trump and therefore possible to target them because you know their addresses with physical mail. In this case, I don't know how you find email addresses and correlate them to who people actually voted for, which is not obtainable information in the first place. But this says, we are in possession of all your information, email, address, telephone, everything. You are currently registered as a Democrat, and we know this because we have gained access to the entire voting infrastructure. You will vote for Trump on election day, or we will come after you. Change your party <laughs> affiliation to Republican to let us know you received our message and will comply. We will know which candidate you voted for. I would take this seriously if I were you. Wait now, a minute. Hold on. I haven't seen this. So let me give you my first impression. You tell me if I'm right or not. This oh, is totally so bogus. This is totally fake. Of is course it's fake. fake. It's, <laughs> look at it. How could it not be fake? I know. It's so stupid. Wait, did people believe this? I don't know, I guess. But we do have, <laughs> we do have the, just so, we do have the, hey, the uh, director of national intelligence along with the FBI did have to say, hey, that's. That pro-Trump Proud Boys uh, email, that was sent by Iran. Um, (laughs) So um, Radcliffe said that the government officials have already seen Iran sending spoofed emails designed to intimidate voters, incite social unrest, and damage President Trump. Okay. 
So and this is how removed from this just shows you the effect of them living in this alternate reality, this false reality. They believe this false narrative, all these people in this mainstream legacy news echo chamber, and they believe all this crap. And, and, and they're so divorced from reality that they don't that when they read that, they think it's true. Anybody who's living in the real world is going to laugh at that and say, obviously, they probably didn't write this. Well, like, I mean, you can't even get that. Like the idea that, that they have all the voter information, like it's just, I've got all your voter information. I can tell what party you've registered to. And, and I correlate that with your email address. And you're like, also, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't, it's nothing, if you know anything about the Proud Boys and they don't, they believe all the lies. But if you know anything about the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, you know, immediately would never send something like this. Well, yes, just, that's one thing. Also, no one could send anything like this. It's like, it's a yeah. ridiculous, I mean, Anyone who writes at the end, I would take this seriously if I were you. It's like, <laughs> it's like a, this is a 13 year old or like, this is someone who's just, you know, puffing their chest in a ridiculous way because they have no actual, uh, there's not, there's no teeth there, but, but it's just funny, but they wouldn't, but see, that shows you, they believe all this stuff. They don't know anything about the proud boys. Y you would have to be in a completely different reality to think, Oh yeah, that sounds like something they would do. Like, if, if I mean, I assume that there is no organization on the globe that could possibly send an email like this, including the United States government. No, 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 Carter. We're talking about two different things. You're talking about could send it, meaning have the voter information. No, no, I, I know, I know. There's that. could and would. I'm just like okay. the could the the fact that it's just like I don't know. How dumb do you have to be, even if you know nothing about the Proud Boys and you believe all of the fake news about the Proud Boys, if they sent an email that was like, we're in communications with the aliens and they tell us your innermost thoughts, you better think X, Y, and Z, you would be still a moron for believing this email, regardless of what your ignorance about the Proud Boys is. And on top of that, yes, obviously the Proud Boys wouldn't do this, but, you know, they don't know. They think that the Proud Boys are what Antifa actually is. It's right. so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they would even if they could, they wouldn't they wouldn't send it like yeah okay never yeah. mind yeah from their own account by the way from info at officialproudboys.com yeah that's what they would do they would send an email from their server uh, to you about the biggest security breach in the history of all security breaches that they will leverage to make sure you vote for Trump here's here's the wood though here's the wood. The people on the left oh, they would. Yeah. who do who do decide that's why I wanted to make the distinction. You oh, don't know anything about do the Proud Boys. Yeah, you don't know anything about the Proud Boys if you think they would send something like this if they could, first of all. And secondly, there are people who would send something like this if they could, and we know who they are. They're already creating websites called Donald Trump Watch where they out all of your neighbors who've donated to Trump. Like they're they believe this because they would do it. Yeah, they believe it because they would do it a and b because they don't know anything about the Proud Boys and they think the Proud Boys are like them that they would they would engage in something like this too you know if they could. It's, I mean, I think it's I related know. to the projecting that we see a lot on the left, where they're always yeah. projecting like the other side's doing this, the other side wants to do that, the other side this, the other side that. It's like those are really all you're just revealing your heart to the world. Those are all the things that you want to and maybe are doing. Doing. <laughs> so yeah. Let's do a few super um, chats quickly. If, let's do a few uh, super chats. And yeah, somebody in the chat said, if you guys like the video, hit like. So far, we don't have our two uh, trolls here today yet. What happened? Did they stop watching us? We usually uh -huh. have two dislikes by now. 
<laughs> that's okay. You don't have to dislike. That's okay. Um, okay. Maybe we convince them, Carrie. <laughs> Piratomsky. Piratomsky gives us five pounds and says his vision of democracy is vote the way I want, or you're evil, wrong, and need to be banned, canceled. Standard leftist BS. He's talking about the CEO of Expensify. I agree. That is his version of democracy. I mean, yeah. I we can have another conversation about democracy. I, I've been thinking about this generally, but maybe we'll postpone that. Um, yeah, I really want to. I really want to rant on about democracy. <laughs> I won't. So, all right, let me scroll down. I know there's more super chats, but that one came well, early. Yeah, so. let's get through these because I'm gonna have to. We can't do a full two hours a day, or at least I can't, because I have a guest arriving. Okay, at, fine. In an hour. Okay. Okay. I will scroll as fast as my my your scrolling finger as fast as your scroll. scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out that earlier, somebody who was it that made me laugh? Oh gosh, Rene uh, Renovacio. Earlier, he said, "To be fair, Carter, not that many people wear Biden hats." Well, that's the next super chat, actually. Tomsky, Pirate Tomsky says. Is that because no one is wearing a Biden hat? Yes. Uh, that might be why no one says attack that guy for a Biden hat. But no, it's not just that. Although that's certainly a contributory factor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I was like I don't know a, who's excited about Biden, but okay. Somebody in my local town forum, in my, my actual real-life community, they tried to have a, 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 like a rally on the square and it was for, you know, co America come together, unity, patriotism rally. And when they posted about it, there were these leftists who of course hated it. You know, they hate unity. They hate patriotism. They don't want to hang out with people on the other side, you know, so they were trashing it. And one of them was saying, this is just an excuse to have a pro Trump rally. And, and the organizer kept saying, no, I really, I, everyone is welcome. Every Democrats, Republicans, I really think we should come together. That's what, that's what the purpose of this is. And the guy who was criticizing said, well, I'll make you a bet. He's like, I'll give you $20 for every uh, – I'll, I'll make give you $20 for every Biden hat that we see. And you give me $20 for every Trump hat there. And I was like, don't take that bet. Nobody nobody no, wears, wears Biden, Biden hats. hats. Not even – yeah, not even the Biden supporters. <laughs> uh, I just want to say before I put the super chat up, I, I love Mandy. Mandy is awesome. Mandy, <laughs> Mandy writes – Mandy gives us five bucks and says, "In I'm going to try an accent. In Russia, we have Putin. Putin is president for life. We love Putin. No corrupt election. Comrade Karibat is of knowing of this. <laughs> and then there's some Russian. <laughs> I don't know what the Russian get, is. I, my accent's horrible. I'm Man not an actor. Mandy, Mandy gives us Russian lessons because, <laughs> yeah, I, I get called a Russian bot quite a bit. <sighs> B. Allen. Uh, thank you, B. Allen. B. Allen says, Today's column by syndicated columnist Leonard Pitts ends with, quote, we will not forget, we will not forgive. He's addressing Trump supporters. Yeah, of course. Of course. We've seen this. I mean, we've seen this in the past couple weeks. We've seen this um, this kind of rhetoric become more and more popular in the blue check mark in the elitist uh, academic community, or not even academic media, talking about not forgetting, holding people accountable, um, some sort of retribution or retaliation against Trumpsters as soon as they're in charge. So 
if those are the kind of things coming out of your mouth, you may want to consider that you're Darth Vader. <laughs> Pirate Tomsky. Pirate Tomsky says, and you hover over the email address and it says, IranianCIA.iran.gov. Oh, I don't know if he, is that true? Is that what happened? I don't know. That would be funny if that's what it was. <laughs> that that would be very funny. I, I doubt yeah. it, I doubt they were that obvious. They even Iran should be better. Uh, it's almost like, like a troll. Just did to, I tell it you? Just shows how dumb the media is. When I was in college, I wanted to practice hacking, but I didn't want to get in trouble. So I would hack Iranian servers because I figured like the U.S. government probably wouldn't give a shit if I was hacking Iran. <laughs> so I learned actually to do some hacking by hacking Iran. Ah, Interesting. Okay, right, the next one story. is Mighty, Mighty Balzac. Or Balzac, sorry. Mighty yep. Balzac says, you can't impugn Hunter, Hunter Biden. Byron O'Dennett was never impu was never impugned to begin with. I can't read that. I'm sorry, but it's on the screen. Um, but you can't By impugn him. Biden O'Dennett was never impugned to begin with. You can't impugn him. I don't know what the Biden O'Dennett thing was, though. But uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm sorry, opinioned. we're dense here today. Yeah, okay, somebody else mentioned this in the chat too. This is this is concerning, of course. Um I went I kind of I got a little depressed a couple nights ago. I messaged Carter because I went to look at some of my some some like comedians I used to really like, like Patton Oswald. I was I was checking out their Twitter feed and it was exactly what you could expect. You you can basically predict what somebody who's brainwashed or not even brainwashed, but just someone who is a tribalist and only says things that the tribe would say, you can go ahead and predict everything they're going to say because they're not thinking for themselves and they're never going to say usually anything that breaks from the tribe. There's never going to be an original thought or, Hey, I disagree on this one thing. It's always going to be tribal, 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 tribal. And that was his feed. Um, but one of the things I learned from reading his feed and a few others is that they don't care at all or they don't seem to care at all that big social has decided like they crossed a line and they decided we will not even if even if some legacy media outlet breaks from tribe and goes and publishes something that is against the narrative or that is, is deemed damaging to Biden or damaging to social justice or whatever, whatever. In the future, from now on, we can expect, based on what they did, that Big Social is going to try and keep us from reading those news stories. Absolutely. That they are going to, uh, you know, they blocked the New York Post. They, they took the links down. You couldn't share the stories. And to me, I don't really even care about the Biden story that much. I know people do. And, the, but, but I, to me, what's bigger is that is the story about the censorship right. is that big, big social and legacy media are working in collusion to try and manipulate mass manipulate the American people to push propaganda and to use censorship to sway us, to push us towards a political outcome that they want. That is terrifying. And if you think that that can't be now that we've crossed that line, if that can't be used against the left at some point in the future, now that this is becoming norm, you're wrong. You're, you're nearsighted. You're a fool. And, and so far people in that echo chamber, there have been some exceptions, some personal friends of mine on the left who are even some who are voting for Biden, who find it really awful and who get the, how enormous this is. 
But there were people like looking at Pat Oswalt. He's a smart guy. He's funny. I used to really dig him. Um, doesn't care. Doesn't care. They don't care. Yep. At all. Well, uh, while you were talking, I was just it just occurred to me. I wonder if New York Post's Twitter account is still uh, suspended. It is. Here's the New York Post. Wow. Uh, the wow. last time they posted was October 14th. They're still banned. They're still banned. They're still banned. So this is that's a this, major this news story, outlet with two million yeah. followers, just about, and they are still banned from Twitter. I don't know how that's not the biggest story on on the nightly news. Well, I'd know how it should but be. It should be. This is the story of isn't right. it crazy? It's like this is the story. This kind of censorship by big social of the and and mass manipulation of the American people. This is one of the biggest stories I would say of my lifetime. And it, oh, it's yeah. just without a whimper, right? Without a whimper, we're just letting everything go down the toilet. You know, um, I, I'm going to disagree with one thing. Well, it's not a disagreement. It's a caveat. I, you said if you don't think this could be used against the left, you're wrong. I agree. It could be used against the left. It will not. It will not be used against the left because I, I don't see – there's not – I don't see a – They're going to push until the left, we get a leftist authoritarianism. That's what they're pushing for. So right. it, it's not going to be used against it's, the left. It's, it's, it's going like, to stay where it is and, and get no, more but it radical. Can be used against, but it can be used against the things like there are legitimately, there are still people on the left who are anti-war. I know that is shocking because a lot of them seem to have just fallen in with these pro-war candidates. And But there are still, for I'll give that as an example. The whole apparatus was turned against the American people, I would argue, and it turned against truth and was and was turned towards pushing us into war under the Bush administration. And people on the left were rightly, rightly awake about at that time and noticed this. It's, hey, CNN is pushing lies. They're pushing what the CIA wants them to push. And so I guess my point is that it could be used to push things that people on the left, once again, are against and, and should be against. And should be against. You should be against censorship. You should be against. Yeah, I'm. Propaganda. I'm just saying. There's a. I think yeah. we're on a long march to radical left. So the only leftists yeah. le- that will have to deal with censorship are ones that are mildly leftists, and then less mild, and then less mild, and then it will be unless you're an absolute radical, you get banned. Um, and that's that's the path that I think we're on. Um, but yeah, let's let's do some let's do some more super chats. Richard Pets. Five bucks for your rant expense account, guys. Peace and strength to both to you both. Thank you, Richard. Uh, I, yeah, I felt really guilty because it was just a couple months ago that I I was like, well, Expensify, I know they're kind of leftist, but everyone is. But they're great. Like, their software is great, and everyone uses them, and we should use them as a team because it'll make Carrie and other people's lives easier for getting reimbursed. Uh, damn. <laughs> damn, any, Expensify. Any kind of, We're not going to keep just know- paying them, so... Sorry, go ahead. Any kind of any kind of plat software doesn't usually make my life easier. I still use a paper calendar. It makes my life easier uh, because I don't have to. It makes your life. I don't have to get a, a mail. You don't have to mail me an envelope full of receipts right. that I need to deal with it. So that's that's fair. Okay. Pirate Tomsky gives sorry, us Pirate another. Mm-hmm. Pirate Tomsky says Carter Hack started the Iranian nuclear program. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me. Funny. 
And then we have one more from Richard Patsy says, Carter, way to go. I always suspe- suspected you were behind STUX NET. I, I, that, Stuxnet. you know what? You're th- you think I'm younger than I am, is, is what happened there, Richard. That is, that is after my heyday in college, believe it or not. Uh, quite, a, quite a bit after my heyday in college. Mandy, Mandy's going to teach us some Russian. Thank you, Mandy. Mandy says, American Carter, instead of saying the F word, say Bliad. Wait, is that how you say it? Bliad? Bliad. Sound better. You are now a mighty Russian bot as well. All right, I will try and I will try and practice saying Bliad. I'll look it up. I'll try and make that my Russian swear. <laughs> so I can, that way, that way my chocolate fund from Marie Busky does not get diminished too quickly. And I get all the chocolates. By the way, so I, there's a couple more things we want. I want to talk about, but um, one of them, I, you know, I thought of this actually um, when you were just talking about the Iraq War. One thing that struck me about the debate last night, which I know you didn't watch, but I'm curious if other people in chat felt this way. Biden was definitely the war hawk. I mean, he criticized Trump for not being tougher on Kim Jong-un and compared Kim Jong-un to Hitler. And Trump was like, well, you know, we want to be talking to people. And he and Biden was like, what, like talking to Hitler? Like he was he was like, I we would be tougher. Um, there was another hawkish thing he said. I don't remember what it was, but like he he definitely came out of this conversation. I it was odd because I was like, oh, so the guy on the right is the war hawk. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's weird um which i think wait the guy the guy on the right or the left sorry i mean on my screen joe biden was on oh, okay. the right hand side of the screen right the guy on the political left on the right hand side of my screen like oh joe biden is the the democrats the war hawk i thought that was really uh it's a sign of how much things have changed from when things i was changed. growing up right that's not how it would have been i don't think in the past but that's where yeah. we are now. Um, and just for those of you who missed the debate, it wasn't that exciting. Um, I think Trump does do better when he's not getting when he's not interrupting. He, he appears better, but he still speaks in like vague and sloppy and sweeping statements. And so you can see why the elites hate him. Right. They intuitively hate him because they're used to their bullshit being very fancy. Uh, and he just like Bleh. he just I will say the the like minute that I saw, I only watched a minute or two of it. I did notice that Biden's eyes were super black again, like entirely black. <laughs> I don't know if he's on some drugs to help him get through these debates or not, but dude looks like a demon. <laughs> he doesn't look like the Joe Biden I'm used to seeing. So it was weird. That's in all. fairness, That's I just do my think, obs- yeah, as, as much as Biden lies in the, in the, the media is, is soft on him. In fairness, he did a good job. Like Biden did a fine job, and he did, he did a great job uh, in his in his debate. I mean, as good as I could have expected from Biden. Um, it's interesting, though. I noticed that. I mean, we all know this, but to also the debate. This really stuck out to me how how nuanced he is when he's being attacked, and he'll be like, "Well, look, the context in which I was saying that." Blah, blah, blah. But when he's attacking Trump, there's like literally no nuance. He'd be like, "Rapists and murderers." He called them rapists and murderers. It's like. Okay, so the nuance is all around attacking you, but no, and Trump just never has any nuance, so I guess that's consistent. But um, the the thing I was hoping would be talked about was this 
uh, Hunter Biden stuff because although uh, the censorship, I, I agree with you, Carrie, is a bigger story and it would be nice to have that conversation. We knew that they were never going to bring that up. Uh, yeah. But Kristen Welker did bring up, she did ask Biden about Hunter, but it was this, it was like the most softball question you could possibly ask. It was like, so did you do anything wrong? No? Okay. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't questions like, how do you explain this email? And how do you explain, by the way, uh, Tony Boblinski, is that, if that's how you say his name, uh, his recent statements, which we can talk about. Um, nothing. It was just like, and then Biden rambled about the Ukraine and he was like, well, my son didn't make any money from China. Like, okay. Uh, trying to make money and making money are two different things. And actually the company that the joint venture was with that talked about the 10% going to Joe Biden and all that stuff, that was, uh, that company went out of business. So we know you didn't make money off of that. (laughs) That's not the question. Somebody in the chat said Punk Floyd said he had no plans for COVID other than attacking Trump and masks. Uh, not, this yeah. this is something I noticed during the vice pres- presidential debate is they they pointedly asked Kamala Harris, what is your COVID plan? What would your COVID plan be? Right. And she, she didn't answer the question. She instead just spent the whole amount of her time attacking Trump. I've never heard them articulate what they would have done differently or what they would do differently, aside from I've heard Biden, uh, not in a debate, but outside, I've heard him talk about how he would do a mandatory federal mask mandate. Um, yeah, he didn't have, there wasn't much there in a de- in the debate either with Biden. Um, but, you know, but they will grill Trump on that, right? They'll, they'll want specifics from Trump. Trump is actually, I don't think Trump's actually very good at defending himself. He he doesn't do. I don't think he does no. a great job of defending himself on any of that. And the one thing I think he, and maybe he's avoiding saying this, which I could see being a political strategy. He doesn't say, "This is America, and in America, the federal government is not authoritarian, and we leave it up to the governors to how do they want to deal with these pandemics." And like we provide advice and we help, and this is the things I've done to help, and this is you know we testing and blah blah blah, and these are the things that we've done. But ultimately, it it is and should be up to the governors. That's how America works. Um, we're not China. We don't want to be China. That's not our goal. I don't want to be an authoritarian. As much as you want me to be an authoritarian, I don't want to do that. Um, but he doesn't. He doesn't defend himself that way. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the debate wasn't that exciting. It wasn't. It wasn't worth it. Um, okay, I have to take a quick break, Carter. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Give me a minute. Do you want me to talk about Tony uh, or do you want me to wait for you to get back before I talk about Tony? What are you going to talk about, Tony? Tony Bobulinski. Talk about Tony. I'll put it on my phone. I'll listen. I'll be right back. All right. I'll talk about Tony. Sorry, I can't say Tony's name very well. I guess I could could get better. So uh, I'm just going to read. So you guys, just to remind you for this story. We are um, the two biggest allegations regarding Hunter Biden that came out of the laptop or the two biggest political related allegations that came out of the Hunter Biden laptop exposure uh, was one was related to dealings in the Ukraine and evidence that uh, Joe Biden actually had met with uh, an executive from Burisma 
contrary to what he had said in the past and that possibly Hunter was um, brought on board specifically to as leverage because of his father's position. And we don't have to get into that. The other one was this email that we mentioned the other day regarding a joint venture with a Chinese energy company. And that email, in that email, there appeared to be um, carve outs for stock that I think it was 20 or 30%. I forget 20% probably went to Hunter Biden. And then there was a line that said 10% for the big guy held by H held by Hunter. Um, and, and this obviously looks like Joe Biden was getting a piece of this as well. And of course the media has never, I haven't heard them directly like last night at the debate, a, a great direct question would have been, Vice President Biden, are these emails authentic? Do you deny the authenticity of this email? And if you don't deny it, please explain what's going on and why it is not something that should concern the American people. Why, why, and and same for the Ukraine email, right? Why why couldn't this be used? Why isn't there an extortion risk here? Why isn't why, why does this not reek of corruption? Like, explain. But of course they didn't do that. But a formal, a former naval lieutenant and business associate of Hunter Biden, named Tony Bobulinski, he released a statement. Here's the statement. My name is Tony Bobulinski. The facts are set forth. The facts set forth below are true and accurate. They are not any form of domestic or foreign disinformation. It's a shame he has to say that, but here we go. I'm, I'm not a Russian bot, is what he's saying. It's not Russia. Any suggestion to the contrary is false and offensive. I am the recipient of the email published seven days ago by the New York Post, still banned from Twitter, which showed a copy to Hunter Biden and Rob Walker. That email is genuine. Hmm. Gee, it's a shame that Hunter Biden wasn't in, uh, in standing in front of an NBC official on live television last night so someone could have asked him that. Uh... This afternoon, I received a request from the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and the Senate Committee on Finance requesting all documents related to my business affairs with the Biden family, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he talks about I'm the grandson of these people. He says, basically, he served his country. I take great pride in the time my family and I served his country. I am also not a political person. What few campaign contributions I have made in my life were to Democrats. If the media and big tech companies had done their jobs over the past several weeks, I would be irrelevant in this story. Given my longstanding service and devotion to this great country, I could no longer allow my family's name to be associated or tied to Russian disinformation or implied lies and false narratives dominating the media right now. After leaving the military, I became an institutional investor in investing extensively around the world and on every continent. I have traveled to over 50 countries. I believe, hands down, we live in the greatest country in the world. What I am outlining is fact. I know it is fact because I lived it. I'm the CEO of Sinohawk Holdings, which is a partnership between the Chinese operating through CEFC and Chairman Ye, uh, which is the company in question we were talking about before, and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO by James Giller and Hunter Biden. The reference to the big guy in the much-publicized May 13th, 2017 email is, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. The other JB referenced in that email is, is Jim Biden, Joe's brother. Uh, 
Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chairman and frequently referenced asking him to sign off or on our advise on various potential deals that we were discussing. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. I realized the Chinese were not really focused on a healthy financial ROI. They were looking at this as a political or influence investment. China does this all the time, so this is totally reasonable. I mean, not reasonable, but uh, something you'd expect. Once I realized that Hunter wanted to use the company as his personal piggy bank by just taking money out of it as soon as it came from the Chinese, I took steps to prevent that from happening. The Johnson Report, which was released uh, this week, it's um, this this report here if you want to read it. Um, it kind of details an investigation into the Bidens. Let's scroll back to the top so you can see the title of it here. Sorry. Here we go. Hunter Biden, Burisma, and Corruption, the Impact on U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns, U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, U.S. Senate Committee on Finance Majority Staff Report. Okay. So he says, oops. He says, um, the Johnson Report connected some dots in a way that shocked me. It made me realize the Bidens had gone behind my back and gotten paid millions of dollars by the Chinese, even though they told me they hadn't and wouldn't do that to their partners. I would ask the Biden family to address the American people and outline the facts so I can go back to being irrelevant. And so I am not put in a position to have to answer those questions for them. I don't have a little axe to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain and I grew concerned with what I saw. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some we're from communist-controlled China. God bless America. So, uh, look, everything should be a grain of salt. Right? This, this is this guy's, this is this guy's statement. So we don't know this guy. We haven't, you know, this is a, this is his, his word, right? So it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but it's certainly worth investigating don't you think media certainly worth asking I, the biden's about i think it's kind of funny that we don't have the same standard of evaluating evidence and testimony and facts in this country um because of the way the legacy media treats stories they don't like and treats right. stories they do like narratives they do like so can you imagine, I mean, just the way I hear people talk about the Biden stuff, the way you just talked about it, saying, you know, take this with a grain of salt. This is this guy's word. He says the email's true. It was sent to him. Here's this. The way you even talk about it is so different from the way they talked about all the Russian propaganda, like the, the Russia collusion hoax. Oh, right. They they take all of that as God's truth. Oh, they if, this was, as God's if this truth. was Donald Trump Jr., yeah. he would be... Trump senior would be impeached again and this yeah. would be yeah, proof, absolutely. proof, proof. This would be proof. Absolutely. Um, All these hypocrites like Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalt would be, if this were about Donald Trump jr, Patton Oswalt would have already retweeted this 30 times, 
would have been beating the drum for impeachment. You know exactly right. how those robots would react. Right. And and the people interviewing Trump would be saying things like, but this is fact, yeah. Mr. President. This is this is true. This has been this proven. Is this is proven. Why are you going it? This is proven information. We know this to be fact. It's corroborated yeah. by by this dude, Tony. But instead, yeah. instead, anyone brings it up, the mainstream media say, well, that's debunked. That's yeah. debunked. That's just, uh, that's they, just, that's, that's Russian the, disinformation. I've even seen, I saw people, I saw little NPCs running around, non-player characters. I saw them in, in one of my friends' comment threads on, on social media. I couldn't believe it. They were saying this is Russian disinformation. <laughs> And she said, on what basis? Well, I don't know, but I, I'm sure it is. I assume it is. I am sure. Okay. Um, and then they're like, well, can you tell, can you show me anybody who says it's not Russian disinformation? I'm like, okay, how about the director of national intelligence? Uh, right. Here's the <laughs> statement saying this is definitely not Russian misinformation. Well, that person's compromised. They're a partisan hack. What? Like, there's, <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or the guy who received the email. <laughs> the guy received the email. He says, "Yeah, it's real email." Mm, oh, you guys! Okay. The Russians we got are to living, him. <laughs> we are living in really crazy times, and if you are feeling uh, like I am sometimes, and feeling wow, the effects of being com continually gaslit by your own media and politicians, and and by big social, you know, you're not alone. The, we are you living are being in gaslit continually. Yeah. You are being gaslit. We are living in a, a, an Orwellian dystopia currently where up is down, down is up. You know, we were always at war with Oceania. We were never at war with the Oceania. Like we're, it, you know, st strength is what was the, um, what was the, uh, I don't Slavery is freedom. Slavery is freedom. War is peace. War is peace. Was it unity? No, it's not unity because that sounds too normal. Unity is strength. I don't remember. Yeah. Strength. Yeah, I don't remember. That's that's the world we're in, though. Unity is peace. No, no, sorry. War is peace. War is peace. War is peace. Yeah. Peace. Freedom is slavery. Slavery is freedom. Or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I. It is hard to have optimism, unless you switch. If if you move the goalposts, it's okay to have optimism. This is where I am right now. This is what I told Carrie the other day when she was <laughs> yeah. having a bad day. She's more optimistic than me, so I don't want to put this on you, but this is just how I look at it, right? Oh, I, everyone Everyone told us the third one. It's ignorance is strength. Oh, thank you. Ignorance is strength. Thank you. Uh, with the opposite of knowledge is power, kind of, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just move the goalposts and I say, okay, well, look, uh, I want I want enlightenment values to survive somewhere in some community probably somewhere in the US, that would be best. Uh, but it doesn't have to be everywhere. It doesn't have to be everywhere. And then I have, I have my optimism is back. It's like, okay, we can lose California and like, that's, that's fine. We, we, we can lose some of it uh, because I don't see how this, I don't see how this reverses itself uh, anytime soon. But um, because, because they have these people, this is not like a, it's a miracle that Trump is in office. It is a miracle that we have the entire cathedral is against him. And by the way, my favorite thing about Trump, I because because I I relate to all of the all of the intellectuals who hate the way the man speaks and who like he's not you know he's he's uh, 
boisterous and uh, he's just sloppy with his language and he sounds like he's ignorant. I relate to all of that. I totally get that. But you know what? You know what gets me with Trump? It's how much you all hate him. You are you are the evil. The evil deep state apparatus, the cathedral, the media, all these people. I mean, look at look at distrust of the media. Look at distrust of Congress. The entire yeah. apparatus that's causing our problems hates his guts. That's kind of all I really need to go on. That's what I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. Okay. Keep hating him, Patton Oswald, because you are a mouthpiece for everything that is wrong. So, yeah, maybe some of the things you say about him are true. But you really hate him, don't you? You really hate him. You're really afraid of this guy. That makes him the best chance we've got. That alone yeah. makes him the I best chance we've got. I happen to agree with you. I happen to agree with you. You know, I don't think they, the people who are in the blue cathedral, you know, the legacy media, big social, like you said, maybe a lot of them have bought into the narrative themselves. Maybe they're all self-deluded themselves, but they really don't understand that, uh, you know, as much as I disliked Trump four years ago, uh, he, you guys are a much greater threat. <laughs> you guys are yeah. much you, worse like you're you're the bad guys in this story, and if the bad guys hate him, I'm not always one of those people who says the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I'm not always, but I will look at this and say, well, the bad guys are supporting Biden, and the bad guys really hate Trump. That weighs it matters a little bit to me. Yeah. You know, aside from that, I just look at their. It's really it's looking at their policies, and he supports. He's the most liberal candidate. He's not an authoritarian. The, the Democratic Party has become leftist authoritarian. And I, I still get because I was a lifelong Democrat, I'm on all these lists, Carter. And oh, I yeah. get them okay. from California and Texas. They're tell, reminding me to vote in California and Texas. I get text messages. I'm getting now I'm getting Ask like one every other day both and see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they, they have me on these lists and I've, I've I get I've probably gotten six of them in the past uh, week or two. And they're always asking, you know, can we count on you to vote for Joe Biden and vote down the ticket? And I just say, nope. And here's why. And I've just, now I just cut and paste it. And I tell them it's like, because you guys have become leftist authoritarians. You don't support liberalism. You don't support individual rights. You don't support equality in the law. You support racist policies you support things like that Karen Act that you told me about in California. You want us to start treating people differently on the basis of race and you want to codify that into law. That's racist. No, I don't support that. I, I'm anti-war. As far as I can tell, you guys have become pro-war. I'm I'm for free speech. You guys are for censorship now. You know, I'm against violence. You guys are for violence. How could I vote for the Democrats this time? I have to vote for a liberal. Yep. So no. I will not be voting Biden and down the ticket. If you guys decide to become liberals again, I will consider coming back to the party. But at this point, I don't think there's a chance of that happening anytime soon because it didn't happen after 2016. You guys doubled down and went full on, full tilt, more authoritarian. So it's no. It's not happening. It's not happening again. <laughs> it's not. And, you know, I know a lot of people, maybe 
newer people to the show might not know this. I did not vote because because I was either a minarchist, libertarian, or voluntarist like for the past twenty something years. I just didn't vote. I didn't believe in voting. I didn't I didn't want to participate in the system. I didn't vote. Uh, and honestly, I never I rarely saw huge differences between the two sides, like policy wise. They, they're really I mean I. There really isn't that big of a difference like between the standard run-of-the-mill Democrat and a standard run-of-the-mill Republican. It just – there's not a lot of difference. But I voted. Starting in 2015, I paid attention to Trump. And I voted for the first time in like 20 years for the president, and that was for Trump. And the reason I voted for him wasn't because I said this guy's saying the right things. He's I like the policies he's proposing. I don't like a lot of the policies. He sounds his policies, by the way, if you can read, if you can quiet your elephant and and listen to the policies he's actually talking about. Pushing. They're not much different than what Bill Clinton would have said in 1996. They're not that different. So he's not that different. However, two things make him different. One, he has a disgust for the media. Um, and mm-hmm. two, and this is frankly more important, everyone, the entire cathedral hates him. And to me, <laughs> as someone on the outside, I was like, yeah, I hate the entire cathedral. Like, are they afraid of this guy? I see all the flaws that you say that he has. Totally agree. And? You're scared. You are scared, deep state. And if that's who you're scared of, that's who I want in the office. It's the only person I want in the office. I want someone who you are afraid of in the office, not people, not like the populace afraid of. I want someone whom the deep state is afraid of sitting in that chair in the Oval Office. That's who I wanted. Yeah, by the way, somebody in chat this is not a super chat but rodrigo said the dems politically exiled tulsi gabbard that's all you need to know yeah i voted for tulsi gabbard this year in the primaries and for many of the same reasons she's not speaking woke she's not speaking leftist authoritarianism um she's anti-war anti-interventionist and for the reasons you're saying carter they hate her the establishment hates her yeah The Democratic Party hates her. You should have seen all my SJW and NPC friends, like the ones who just follow the narrative or in the echo chamber. They were ripping her to shreds in in a way that I hadn't seen since, uh, well, since the way they they ripped, the the same way they ripped Trump apart. Yeah. They, and it told me everything I need to know. I was like, wow, the deep state hates her. The media hates her. Big social hates her. I'm going to pay attention to her. (laughs) Right. Right. And and by the way, That's not a – and this is why I think – I this is why I think a lot of people like Trump and why I believe that actually Trump's support is across the aisle. There, I think there's a lot of disenfranchised people oh, yeah. who just don't like the deep state, don't like the government apparatus and the bureaucracy generally, hate the media, don't trust the media. And the more that these people shout at the top of their lungs how bad he is – the more all of us are like, I better make sure I get to the polls to vote for him. Like, I, I better vote for this guy. Like, they're the best campaign ad he could possibly have. The more CNN, the more Brian Stetler tells me that Trump is the Antichrist, the more I want to <laughs> vote for him. Yeah. Right? Like, Keep talking, Brian Stetler. Right. Keep telling Gosh. me Patton Oswald and Tommy Lee and um, what's her name? 
Ah, oh, crap. The resting bitch Deborah face. Deborah Messing. Uh, I wasn't thinking about her, the other the other one. But uh, whatever. Like Bet Bet Midler, all of you guys. All of them. Just keep like, ta- keep preaching. Yeah. Keep telling me. Keep telling me all this stuff <clears throat> because uh Oh, Alyssa Milano, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Because the more you spew your anger and hate, the more sites you make, like here's the Trump donors, the more you know, go after them, which is implied in that site the more I want to vote for the guy. And I don't I don't like politics. I wouldn't be voting if it wasn't for you guys and your reaction to Trump. I wouldn't vote. I would be yeah. on the sidelines. Carter You're making is, me vote. Basically, this is something Carter said to me offline and it's it, maybe we've said it on the show before, but the media, the media and the big social and the way that they're working in collusion to to manipulate the American people and to push propaganda and, and to use censorship to steer our political decisions. That's made me suddenly care about politics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody in the chat asked. And so just because unless in case you're new, they said, what do you mean by deep state? We don't need to get into this again. We did an episode on it, but we, I just mean when I say it, I just mean unelected government officials Lifetime government, like mostly people in the intelligence agencies, people in the military industrial complex is what we call on the left. But, you know, people yeah. who are who are not elected, but who are have great power in these agencies that we've endowed with great power. That's yeah, what I, I mean. mean I, I don't I mean, mean the entire program. bureaucratic apparatus of unelected people with power. Right. Because because I think anyone who is honest with themselves and takes a look at it realizes that beast is is a distinct entity from the elected officials. And that beast has its own agenda. And that beast has a tremendous amount of power to push its own agenda. And I, I don't think it's I don't look at the deep state as a big one giant top down conspiracy theory thing where they're all moving in one direction. But um, they inherently, the incentives are aligned within that giant bureaucratic apparatus to perpetuate and expand itself and to give itself more and more control over us. And so that's the thing that should scare you. If you are a classical liberal who want freedom and to be left alone, or if you're uh, kind of a class of conservative who classic conservative who doesn't want the state to expand or purportedly doesn't want the state to expand. It's the, yeah, it's the politicians who vote for the stuff, but you got to remember a lot of this is guided. It's implemented by, guided by, pushed by unelected officials who write the reports and make the recommendations and choose how to implement things and create little crises that they need to solve and, and, you know, measure things in a way that definitely show that they need more money next year. Like that is, and they, and they, that's plant what's things, going on. as we've seen the FBI, right. uh, right. Planted things in the media. They planted the steel dossier in the media, and then they used the articles that were written about it from the news sources. They gave it to, to then justify what they wanted, which was a FISA warrant. So they could wiretap the whole Trump team. Like they use the even, media. But, yeah. It's a I, feedback loop. I'm not even talking about the oh, like that kind of stuff. That's another level yeah. of deep statism that I totally agree. Like that, yes, they did that. They're untrustworthy. This is why you don't trust the intelligence agencies generally. Um, the CIA, I mean, like 
they have a history of basically doing sneaky, nefarious things, and we're always asked to trust them without any change to them. Um, you know, Snowden is sitting somewhere rotting in Moscow, and uh, regardless of what you think of Snowden, he revealed all this information. What did we do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing was done. We got outraged and wrote some articles, and then ah, and then now nothing's done. Same. Somebody, Carl P says, it doesn't matter who you vote for, the government still gets in. <laughs> yeah, I know. That just. <laughs> That's why I didn't vote That's for it. But yeah, uh, let's do some super chats. Let's do some super chats. <laughs> okay. Uh, our Russian friend Mandy says, "Look for a picture of fire in the sky alien. That is Biden. I swear to God, fire in the sky alien." Now I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> fire in the sky alien. All right, Mandy. What is this? Oh God. <laughs> uh, all right, here. Well, just so everyone can see. This is what Mandy's talking about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's ad hominem. That's so, we just don't do that here, Mandy. Well, sometimes we do. Thank you. Well, it's not ad hominem because <laughs> we're not I'm using it. We're not trying to use it as an argument. It's just I an know. insult. I'm, I'm being so. Uh, so you want to do Pirate Is the Tomsky? next one? No, you do it. I can't see it. Oh, Pirate Tomsky. The first question asked by reporters in the room was, who paid you to be here today? Even though he didn't take questions. Uh, wait, with, with to Trump? I don't I don't know who you're talking about, Pirate Thompson. Maybe Trump. Sorry. Oh, oh, Tony to Tony. Yeah, yeah. He he, he stood up into the press conference and they were like, "Yeah, who paid you to be here?" They they it's the Russian. It's Marussia. No matter what Tony says, someone paid him to be there. Uh, can't can't possibly not have. It's so. They're so dishonest. They're so dishonest. All right, next one. Uh, do you see Andrew Joyner? Yeah, Andrew Joyner. Thank you. He just says, what's up, my beautiful people? Uh, the next one, Pirate Tomsky. Again, he says, rest in ignorance would be a better social justice warrior slogan than rest in power. <laughs> yeah, it would be. For anyone not familiar, be if you're new to the one. show, that's something. So social justice ideology is built around power, this idea of viewing the world as a struggle for power between identity groups. That's how they view the world. And if you've noticed now that social justice has become more mainstream, you probably have seen this now. It used to be, I only saw it in my like social justice circles online when we weren't that mainstream, you didn't see major politicians saying it, but now you do. Uh, when a, when a person on the left dies, when a social justice person dies, they say rest in power. They don't say rest in peace. Uh, which I think tells you a lot about what they value. Chicken Sith. Chicken Sith, thank you. He says, wasn't the New York Post founded by Alexander Hamilton, was it? Don't know. I don't know. Don't know, look but that up. Uh, they probably wouldn't like that. Columbus Cynic gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Columbus Cynic. And wow, says, to thank clarify you. from last week, <clears throat> Cynic Carter, Columbus Cynic, LOL. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I probably butchered it last week. What would you both say to those who are experiencing the malaise that comes from becoming too frustrated with the eco chambers on both sides? Uh, I would say welcome to my party. Uh, <laughs> I totally understand that malaise. And uh, I, I don't think this answer is for everyone. But for me, 
if I really felt like I absolutely had to save America as a whole, I don't know that I could get out of bed in the morning because I don't think it's possible. I'm that far gone. I don't think it's possible. But I do know that communities like these exist, and not just ours, there's bigger communities, of people who want more, I'll say, classical enlightenment values. And many, most of those people, maybe, I don't know, most, but many of those people are in this country. And we, there is a, there is a possibility that, that some of us survive to, to have the society that we want. Even if it's just go back to the 1990s style of the U.S., which I don't, wouldn't love, but, you know, even if it's just, can we, like, go back to civil discourse? There are enough people who want that, who will value freedom of speech. Um, what we do, what we need to do, and what motivates me, is that we need to motivate them. We need to motivate them, show them what's happening, show them that this is what the, the enemy is, the, this... Uh, elitist cabal who is pushing for greater and greater authoritarianism and more and more control and that you don't have to be part of that. You don't have to support the companies and the people that do this and you can stand up against it. And when there are enough I of would us, say I think it's I, I think we'll have critical mass enough to do something. Sorry, go ahead, Carrie. I would my only caveat to that would be to say the enemy is is the are the ideas it's the ideology yes and and the and this cabal is currently pushing it but it, but really trying to help people understand what this belief system is about and once you understand what it's about you can see it's necessarily opposed it's opposed to individualism it's opposed to all of the enlightenment values it's opposed to everything our country was founded on that's that's granted us the the like this beautiful you know, uh, privilege, she's one of their words, lifestyle that we've had for so long, that it's granted us all the freedoms that we take for granted. It's granted us all the, all the, um, progression that we've actually made as a society and, you know, all the stuff that they try to claim that this evil ideology tries to claim as theirs. It's not true. The reason that women can vote, the reason that slavery is illegal you know, the reason that we have equality under the law is because of it's because of those enlightenment values. It's because of the concept of individualism. It's because of the the concept of judging people based on their character and their behaviors and their actions and not on their race and sex. That's the whole reason we progress to where we are. Their ideology is opposed to all of that. And once you can understand that, I think I think you're going to wake up and hopefully just by the, in the way that you live, you're going to wake up more people. And I have a different answer than Carter about the Malays because in the frustration with, you know, this upside down world that we're in currently, because part of my, part of the reason I have joy and, and maintain hopefulness, I guess. And I'm, I don't let it get me down too much. I get down occasionally, but I actually, I believe I, I'm, well, it's because I believe in God. I'm a Christian. So I have a different, there's like this bigger belief system that I subscribe to. And then there, there's the belief system that encased within that, of that Carter and I share about enlightenment values and individualism and equality. But I have this other thing too. So I, that may not be helpful to people who don't believe in a deity or or some kind of big picture thing. I, but. I, don't, 
I, I don't think it's bad for people who don't believe in it. Indeed, I, I think it could still be helpful because I think the principle applies, right? Like, and I want to clarify, I don't want to go back to the nineties. What I think is, what I think, one of the things that, how, how do I don't want to say this. Okay, I'll speak now to the minarchists uh, and like small government people in the audience um, or, or, you know, actual outright voluntarists in the audience. From my perspective, for the last, you know, 20, 25 years, I've been looking at this country and seeing that we continue to encroach upon the philosophical foundations that made this country special. And... And not, not that this country ever lived up to the foundational roots. Um, obviously, from day one, there was some pretty major errors but in, in the application. But uh, the idea of individual rights, the, the idea of uh, the non-aggression principle as a broad way to say what I'm saying, um, which is not, not really philosophically accurate, but I'll use it as a proxy. I think... I think society needs to come to a this 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 war between philosophies, this war between ideas needs to come to a head in order for people to realize which side is on the side of human flourishing and which side is on the side of death. And I think while you are comfortable and while there's a mix, it's very easy to convince yourself that you're not really sure what the cause of what is because you're in a mix and everything's pretty okay. But the more you deny enlightenment values, the farther you will fall and the worse society will get. And some people will not wake up and see that. They will all the way, they'll march, they'll march left all the way to China, right? But some people will go, wait a minute, What's happening? And they will identify, now's the time for those of us who have been been uh, proponents of enlightenment values, now is the time to point out to people, hey, all the stuff that made us great, it's not all this other crap. It's this, these are the ideas that made us great. We can go back to these ideas. Now's the time to recognize these are the ideas that made us, that made America special. And to the extent that America implemented them, we were great. And to the extent that we failed, mm. we sucked. And we are just now, I think when things are comfortable and easy and you have a nice mix, it's very hard for people to, to tease those out. But as people are getting stressed and as they're seeing this absolute insanity happen, they're seeing people go after you because you donated to the wrong politician and fire you, getting you fired from your job or promising retribution after the election. I think that's a time where people are starting to question what the hell their principles are, what they believe in, why they've been voting the donkey lever or or the the elephant lever. <laughs> Either way, their whole lives, what are they voting for? What principles do they stand for? And what principles matter? And what are the things that actually create the value? And that, that's why it's suddenly the time for those of us who've had those ideas to start educating people because now they're listening. Now people are listening. They weren't listening in the eighties. They weren't right. or the nineties, but now they're listening because the world is going to shit. So the world's going. Yeah. So people are, time. I think you're right. I'm very hopeful. People are waking up all the time. And if you're new to this show and you, you don't know my trajectory and Carter's trajectory, like I would just say, since I, since I walked away from social justice ideology, 
the number of people I hear from who have left it increases every year. I hear yeah. from people all the time. My inbox is full like of people. Every inbox on every platform is full of people who want to tell me, I'm like you, I'm afraid. They want to give me their status update of what part of the journey they're in, um, you know, how they're encountering this ideology at work or in friendships or in family members or at church and who want advice. But the good news from all of that is people are waking up. And these are liberals and progressives that I'm talking about. That's who I hear from. Yep. Yeah. They're waking up. Yeah. And I think, like we've said before, a lot of good people fall prey to bad ideas. um, And now's the time when they can, you can hold up a mirror and say like, hey, look, these are the ideas that were that you actually value, that you've actually like intuitively valued, not these other ideas. You got caught up in a mess. Here's the ideas yeah. that really matter. Um, yeah. I have to go. I have okay. a guest. I'll do some super arriving. chats while you, you go. Okay. Thank you, guys. And thank you for tuning in. I'm just going to say uh, real quick, I'm doing one plug for our mug. If you want to support us plug. financially. We have these cool mugs. If you support us at the $25 level or above, you get one of these porcelain mugs that Carter got made. It's a grenade. And, but you don't have to do that. You can just, you can pick whatever level you want. And if you can't afford that, support us to, to support us financially. You can also just share the video and hit like and do whatever, you know, tell people about it. Okay. I got to go. Right, bye <laughs> Carrie. Thank you. Bye Carter. All right. I'm going to do the last, some last super chats here. Um, Chip Chairman. Chip Chairman gives us uh, five bucks and says, fair is fair. This is for the Carrie rant. I don't even remember what Carrie rant that was, but I'm sure Beverly will remember and we will take note of it. Thank you, uh, Chip. Let's see. See, now that I'm scrolling, it's hard to, because Carrie can't entertain you in the background. I got to scroll even more quickly. When I'm by myself here. Okay, here we go. Uh, Christ, Christ says, broadly interpreted, Twitter, etc., are deep state. I I use the term cathedral when I'm talking about the when I add in when I add in the media and big tech. I use the term cathedral because I view the term cathedral as broader and deep state as more like directly government, maybe government contractor, kind of like that's the deep states to me. Um, and when I'm talking, when I'm adding in media and academia. I generally, I generally broaden it to the cathedral, but uh, I don't know that that's like hard, fast rule. Chris apparently uses deep state to mean the whole thing. So uh, autodidact polymath, awesome, awesome name. Uh, deep state was called shadow government during Reagan, Iran, Contra. Carrie, please follow up chatting with you about Bush era Portland protests. Thanks. Uh, Beverly, please make a note that Carrie needs to follow up with autodidact polymath, assuming she knows who that is, but thank you. Poor Beverly. She's getting all these assignments. Maybe Chris can do it if Beverly's not around. All right. I think, oh, here we go. Let Freedom Ring America. Hey, Let Freedom Ring America. Come on, Carter. The 90s were fun. Maybe a little too much fun. LOL. <laughs> Thanks, you two, for the great show and all you do. Oh, and leftists suck. The 90s, uh, I preferred the 80s, but yes, the 90s were fun. Here's the problem. You can't have, you don't get to, things don't get to be static. Like, like you don't get to keep an era. So things will change. Things are always changing. Life is change. 
right? I mean, organisms must grow or die. There's no stasis. So um, we don't get to have stasis. So I don't think actually we can, I don't think we can or will roll back the clock on any of this stuff. I don't think we're going to go back to a, you know, name your favorite era of government size and regulation. I don't think we're going to go back to that. I think we're, first of all, there's zero evidence. We've never rolled back any government anything ever in the history of the United States. So I think what will more likely happen is the U.S. government proper will continue to expand. I mean, Trump, Trump's rolled back some regulations, I guess, which is which is good. But I think in, in general, over time, the U.S. government will continue to expand and continue its uh, march towards authoritarianism. I'm hoping Trump can slow it down and give us uh, enough time, buy us enough time, so that people who don't want this authoritarian nightmare that the left seems to get all excited about uh, can organize and find each other and and somehow have a way of getting together and building something new. Uh, I don't I don't think we're gonna roll things back. I could be wrong. I would love to be wrong and and roll things back. I just you know, I try and be a realist on this so. Uh. <laughs> I, I don't think it's possible. Chip Chairman, thank you, Chip. Chip says, someone saw someone say, Joe, what would the punishment be for not wearing masks? What was his answer? I wonder what his answer was. At the end of the day, the punishment for everything is force. Just keep that in mind, even if there's uh even if it's just a fine, right? Here's a fine. If you just ignore it, because you don't believe in the fine, you just sit there. Uh Eventually, they show up to your house with guns. I mean, they might bring you to court first and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, eventually you get thrown in jail because uh, that's what the government is. And it's just why I actually appreciate people on the other side of the aisle who openly admit, yes, the government is the initiation of the use of force. And we believe in the initiation of use of force. At least they're being honest. So, um, you know, that's that's what it is. Pirate Tomsky. Pirate says, did you see the UK equalities minister call out critical race theory in houses of parliament this week i did not as someone living in the uk she's my new hero that's cool maybe she was inspired by by trump's uh crt ban uh via executive order who knows i think the more people look at crt and actually uh look at the ideas behind what the left is pushing um you know what's the what's that that uh what's that phrase sunlight is the best disinfectant all right the more more people open them up and look at them and see them, the more ridiculous they are. The only way that they can get this stuff uh, rolled out in society is if you don't look at them long enough that you get another generation indoctrinated with them and then that generation can't really look at them anymore. So if they move too quickly with their ideas and they get exposed before, um, before people who haven't been indoctrinated, then those people look at that and go, whoa, this is crazy, which uh, critical race theory is evil by almost any reasonable definition of evil. Richard Petz. Richard Petz says, great rant, Carter. Yes, understanding what you believe and why you believe it is essential. Cheers. I think it is. I think it is. And I do, uh, you know, I get it. I spent, uh, I was a, for those of you who don't know, I was, I was brought up Christian. I was a Christian for, um, you know, the first 20 something years of my life. Um, and leaving Christianity for me was not a, it was not an easy thing. 
it, because it, because I took it seriously. And I think if you're a Christian, you should take your Christianity seriously. And I take my, uh, I take my moral beliefs seriously. It doesn't mean I'm always perfect. I don't always live up to them. And, but, but I hold myself to them as a standard and that's the standard and I take it seriously. And it took me a long time to, to switch beliefs. It's a traumatic, uh, difficult, pain, painful, gut-wrenching process, uh, to do, but it, but it should be because your beliefs should matter to you. And if you're running around not really having examined your beliefs uh, and just kind of blowing around like a tumbleweed on the desert in the, the in the desert of, of public opinion or desert of modern culture, then uh, you're really not in control of your life. And ultimately, I don't think that will lead to happiness. You really need to know what it is you stand for, what you believe, what matters to you and why it matters. Um, and it doesn't mean that you won't ever change. Um, but change, change in those regard, that regard should be hard. Uh, Sue Escobar, Sue gives us 10 bucks and says, I love you guys. Just graduated from heretic to apostate. That mug rocks. <laughs> well, welcome to the apostate level, Sue. And I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you like the mug and we will ship you one out if you've just upgraded. All right. I think I got through all the super chats. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's see. I don't have any other big things to talk about, and I've got another show we're going to record later today, which should be a lot of fun. So uh, I'm going to end it there. But again, I really appreciate you guys coming to the show. Um, just as a reminder, I'm really bad at asking for money. <laughs> Carrie admonishes me for this. I'm, I've never been a marketing person. I've never been a salesperson. I was an engineer. I, I don't like it. The truth is we do need money to continue operating. We need money to hire people um, to help out with stuff. Uh, we need money so that Carrie doesn't have to have a side job. So if you consume this content and you think it's valuable, please consider subscribing either via PayPal or Subscribestar. You can go to unsafespace.com slash donate. You can use non-fiat stuff if you want, Bitcoin, Ethereum. If you can't afford it, that's okay. Uh, just like and share and help spread the word. Um, eventually we'll be kicked off of uh, YouTube, but for now, Let's, let's try and bump up our YouTube subscribers. Uh, the more people that hear this message um, and the more people that can join our community, the better for everyone. So thank you all again. Have a great weekend. And we will see you uh, for Coffee Break on Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please keep socially distant from these individuals.
I have calculated a 98.3% chance that these people have been hacked by more Russians. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Facebook's AI algorithms are 100% objective and unaffected by the beliefs of people who write them. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.